0: Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors.
1: If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like us, we have a great study tool for you.
0: Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass.
1: On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, and you can even connect with other aspiring u.s diplomats
0: the resources have really helped us prepare and we hope they help you too to access fso compass and get 10 percent off your annual subscription be sure to use the link in our description box good luck hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of how did we not know that my name's jack and i'm nat And today, Nat is going to uh, tell us about the history of Russia, I believe, because I peeked at your (laughs) docs.
1: Yeah, today I'm talking about Rasputin and the last Russian emperor.
0: rasputin or rasputin
1: oh i thought it was rasputin putin putin <laughs> uh
0: i only ask because in just dance three there's that song called rasputin and it goes rah rah rasputin lover of the russian queen
1: what wait okay actually i'm gonna like check this <laughs> okay apparently it's rasputin but I guess maybe in that one song, they were just, like... Rasputin. They probably just tried to make it rhyme. Yeah, because poutine is, like, the food, the Canadian food. It's very good, but...
0: Oh, I do like Putin Or, not Putin. <laughs>
1: <Poutine>. um, <laughs> someone's going to take, like, that audio clip.
0: Raya's going to come back for me during my campaign.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, okay, so, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, besides the Just Dance 3 song, what have you heard about Rasputin?
0: So from the song, he is, um, no, actually, I do know a little bit. I think he was a shaman, as the people would say. So he was like a medicine man and a bit of a psychic. And I think he was guiding or giving guidance to the Russian family. And he said, if you ever betray me or don't listen to me, you will all die or something like that. He gave a prophecy like that, and then sure enough, I think something happened to him, and then the entire family met like its downfall. So,
1: wow, that's exactly that's the whole story. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. (laughs) I'm totally just kidding. No, yeah, but you like got it like exactly correct, like. Um, he, yeah, he was, like, this weird, not, sorry, not weird, but, like, he had this very, like, mysterious aura to him. And he was, like, this mystical healer. um, And, yeah, he did warn the Russian imperial family that they, yeah, that if they ever left him, they would die. And, yeah, so let's see how that turned out. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, so, yeah, so you know a lot. Because he's, like, a really big figure, I feel like, in... Not like pop culture, but I feel like a lot of people know about Rasputin, even if they don't know a lot about Russian history. Yeah,
0: I think you've heard the name, surely. Yeah,
1: yeah, just because he's like a wild character. But his name, so his name is Grigory Rasputin, and he was born in Siberia in 1869, and he was raised as a peasant. And later, like when he was younger, I think around 19 years old, he married a local woman named Praskovia Dobrovina. Good job on that. These are, these are my people, so I have to work on the <laughs> pronunciation. Are you Russian? I'm like, you, okay, my family says we're Ukrainian, but, <gasps> like, the borders changed, you know, so I'm. Wait, oui,
0: nah, I literally am also, my great-grandma was born on the border of the Ukraine, and formerly Czechoslovakia but he identifies as Slovakian
1: oh my gosh are you serious we're one in
0: the same we're the same what if we're like
1: long lost cousins probably probably oh my gosh but yeah um so okay so he fathered three surviving children and him and his family lived and worked on the farm together but then in 1892, he left the farm to spend um, several months at a monastery, and there he earned the nickname the Mad Monk. And technically, he wasn't actually a monk because he never actually took the holy orders. Um, and also, like he was very passionate about religion, but he, like his, um, I guess like his personal life conflicted a lot with his like, religious piety. Um, So, like, he continued to see his wife and family, even though most holy men usually give up their past lives once they join the monastery. And he was, like, known, like, everyone knew he was a very big fan of alcohol and brothels. (laughs) He was always drunk and always having affairs. Like, he did not try to keep it secret. That's not just for monks. That's, like, a general... (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah like he yeah so he is like oh I'm a, a holy man and people were like oh maybe not and he right. had a very what's denomination, nomination <laughs> can I ask uh Russian Orthodox okay so Rasputin had a very memorable personality and his passion for religion as well as his strong charisma brought him to the attention of some like Russian Orthodox clergymen and other senior members of the imperial family and through those connections he he was then introduced to Tsar Nicholas II and his wife, Alexandra. So before I get into that, I just want to like give a background about what Russia is like at this time. Um, when basically Russia was in political turmoil when Nicholas II became Tsar in 1894. And also like Tsar is just like kind of another word for emperor. It's like the Russian word. Um, and so he became czar in 1894. His father had ruled Russia with an iron fist. He was um, not a great guy. He forced everyone in the empire to speak Russian, even though, like, there are several languages spoken there. And then there's no freedom of the press. And then there were also very weak political institutions, kind of like we talked about in the Middle East episode, like... The judicial system was very corrupt and all that classic stuff. (laughs) And so Nicholas II was not prepared and he didn't want to become Tsar. Actually, like when he was crowned, he asked his advisor, what is going to happen to me, to all of Russia? I'm not prepared to be Tsar. I never wanted to become one. So he... Yeah, it's kind of sad. He was like, he really didn't want the position, but he was the heir to the throne, so...
0: What age was he when he had to take over? He was 26. Okay. Like, you're grown enough. I guess, like, your
1: dad didn't talk to you about... (laughs) His dad... No, his dad, like, really didn't have a good relationship with him. And, like, he did not prepare him a lot. So... Okay. Yeah. So, he was just, like... He was starting off at a low point. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. um... He was not happy to be there. And then... So, he assumes power. He's 26. So, he's pretty young. And he is not really well-liked by the Russian people. So while he's Tsar, Russia gets involved in the Russo-Japanese War. They're fighting Japan. And the people, there wasn't a lot of public support for this war. Like, they didn't agree with it and they didn't like that they were like fighting and risking all their lives and resources japan won this war sorry so they also like lost this unpopular war so they're even more pissed um and then later in 1905 nicholas ii's government massacred about a hundred unarmed protesters during a peaceful assembly so the public they're like what the heck you're awful yeah it was really bad um And then, like, on top of this, he didn't have a civil relationship with with the Duma. And the Duma is, like, the Russian equivalent of Congress. Um, It's, like, their representative branch. And so he didn't have a good relationship with them. They were like, we hate you, too. (laughs) Oh, no. Wait, so is this
0: Russian... Russian government is a constitutional monarchy?
1: Yes. Yeah, so they have, like the emperor, and then they also have a representative branch. Okay. Yeah.
0: Why does everyone not like him? Does he, like, just do a terrible job when he starts?
1: Yeah, like, well, he's, like, fighting all these wars and then killing all these, like, innocent civilians. Um And he's just, like, I don't think he's a very good, like, public speaker. He just doesn't have like that charisma about him because like he's also like pretty young and he's just like unenthusiastic like people can tell i think that he doesn't want to be there and they're like okay and they're starting to get sick of the monarchy they're like we like why are you even ruling us then like just leave <laughs> um so that that comes into play later um and like i think the one of the biggest uh reasons for People's hatred towards him was uh, in 1914 when Russia was drawn into World War I. But they were very unprepared to fight. And Russia actually suffered the largest number of deaths in World War One, And this is literally insane. Like, I can't comprehend how many people died. So there were 1.8 million military deaths and then 1.5 million civilian deaths. So literally 3.2 million Russians died in World War One. Oh my gosh. So people like so Russia is in shambles at the time and they're like blaming the Emperor. Yeah. Wow. Why
0: why so many civilians? Were they just like there's just battles like in
1: civilian area? Yeah, I think so. I weren't there like black, oh my gosh. I need to like refresh my memory on world war one history but i think there weren't there like a lot of blockades and then a lot of people like died of starvation because <gasps> oh, like didn't like germany yes or was it world war Two? oh gosh i'm Probably sorry both. Le- both yeah <laughs> yeah but i think a lot of people died from starvation which and like famine okay. which is awful yeah
0: that makes sense i think i heard about this it was like yeah, basically that the, the army was, like, did not learn how to fight at all, so they kind of just, like, got led into
1: massacre, and then... Yeah. Yeah, that just, like... They, were, they were not prepared to fight, because they recently lost, like, the Russo-Japanese War, and then mm. then they entered World War One, which is, like, oh, shoot, then <laughs> it's, like... Wait, what was the
0: Russo-Japanese War about? Were they fighting off of, for land, or what? Yeah,
1: I think it was, like, territorial... So there's like a disputed island. Yeah, it's the Kuril. Oh, Kurel the Kuril Islands. Yeah, everyone should read Silly Isles and then read the chapter about the Curl Islands because it's or just like do your own research because it's very interesting because both Japan and Russia claim the island. The Silly Isles by Eric Campbell. Yeah, he's a it's great. A, journalist. It's a fun read and then you learn a lot too. So yeah, so this is basically that's this is what Russia looks like at the time. And they're not in a good spot and then like a lot of again like there's a huge division between the peasantry and like the working class and then the noble elites of Russia like there's a huge wealth gap so the monarchy like all the peasants a lot of the peasants hate the monarchy because they're like just like so extremely wealthy and they're living in like extreme lavish and they're like what the heck I can barely afford my next meal and like here you are in this palace so there people are upset about that. And so let me let me get into the imperial family now. So basically the imperial family consisted of Nicholas II, his wife Alexandra, and their four daughters, Olga, Maria, Tatiana, and Anastasia, and then their only son Alexei, who was the heir to the throne. And Alexei suffered from hemophilia, which is a rare disorder where your blood doesn't clot. So, like, if he got even, like, a tiny cut, he would bleed to death. Yeah, I think
0: that's known as the royal disease because it happens a lot in royal families because of the inbreeding for pure blood.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, he has hemophilia, and he's, he had been in poor health since he was born, and the imperial couple had consulted more like unconventional spiritual spiritual advisors before. But when they met Rasputin, everything changed. Rasputin's healing process proved to be beneficial to Alexei's condition and they saw like immediate improvements in his health. So they had like gone through all these doctors, all these spiritual healers, and then nothing had worked. Finally Rasputin came and they saw progress in Alexi's condition, and they were like, oh my gosh, like, you're amazing you know
0: what did he do do you know
1: yeah so I'm I'll tell you right now so basically like there are a lot of myths surrounding Rasputin and one of those myths is that he had magical healing powers um obviously like oh sorry I shouldn't say obviously um this is not actually true um many historians believe that the reason Alexei's condition improved was because Rasputin insisted that other doctors stay away from him And because of limited knowledge on medicine at the time, Russian doctors were giving him aspirin. They were just prescribing Alexei aspirin to cure his disease. And because that was kind of known as the cure all at the time. But aspirin actually thins the blood, which makes his hemophilia condition worse. So then once the doctors stopped giving him aspirin, they were able to see improvement. And, yeah, so that's kind of the reason why his condition improved. And also just, like, Rasputin's personality and his aura, like, painted this picture of success because he was able to read the couple's inner hopes. And, like, he told them exactly what they wanted to hear. And he, especially, he formed, like, a really uh, tight relationship with Alexandra. He was able to soothe all her anxieties and he encouraged Nicholas to have more confidence in his role as a czar. So, like, he knew all of their weaknesses, basically. And, like, he was like, no, I'm here to help you. Like, you need me, you know. Uh, yeah, he's just, like, a
0: modern-day therapist.
1: <laughs> basically. Person. Basically. He, he knew how to, like, work with people. And he knew how to get what he wanted from people. So, um, and so this is, like, kind of where his role as a healer transitions to like a much more powerful figure in the imperial court because like he's just there to cure Alexei but um like obviously he stayed for a lot longer so there are also a lot of myths around this topic a lot of people think that he was like a secret puppet master for the imperial couple and actually secretly ran Russia and like because of his odd nature and then his constant presence in the royal court Rumors about this spread very quickly within Russia and everyone was like, what is he up to? Like, he, this guy is so suspicious. Um, in reality, like he did offer military advice occasionally to Nicholas II, but it, like his ideas never actually helped him. Like, it never actually proved to be like good ideas. So yeah, he didn't have a like, huge influence over the military. However, he did have a lot of influence over Alexandra. And Nicholas was away fighting a lot, um, like fighting all these wars. And so Rasputin did have enough time to appoint his own church ministers and other public officials. And Alexandra would dismiss ministers who were skeptical of Rasputin. So there was like, he did have a lot of influence in that regard. And so obviously this really upset the other Russian elites and nobles which comes into play later. So I really like reading like old Russian literature, like Anna Kiranina and like Brother Karamazov. And like in all these books, like they just really, <laughs> they really uh, crap on <laughs> the Russian elites basically. Because at this time, like the nobles have so much influence over the Imperial family. And like, they're all like cousins and they're all trying to like gain power and like rule Russia. And, yeah, so it's, like, pretty corrupt at the time, and it's uh, not very democratic. So, yeah, again, like, peasants really hated that aspect of the monarchy. Um, And, yeah, and then before I move on, there are also, like, a lot of rumors that Rasputin was having a secret affair with Alexandra, but there's actually no evidence of this, and these rumors about their, like, relationship, they also began early... And they spread very quickly throughout Russia because, like, of his reputation for, like, sexual deviancy and his frequent visits to brothels. Um, he was also having affairs with other high society ladies. And while Alexandra did embroider shirts for him and she and her friends were invited to his home sometimes, like, there's no actual evidence that they were having an affair. So.
0: Okay. Okay. So that line in the song is just speculation, where they said he was the lover of the Russian queen.
1: Yeah, 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 That's, like, kind of, like, people, like, joke about it now, and they're like, oh, that's why he had so much influence. And it's like, mm, I don't know. I don't think it was true. Or like, just a lot of rumors. There, there's just so many rumors about him, because he was such a weird, unpredictable guy, and, like, people didn't know the extent of, like, his, like, powers. They thought he was, like, this magical man, so...
0: Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of this is happening behind closed
1: doors, so no one really knows unless you're there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, that's true. Like, we don't really know, but, yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of, like, a big, uh, like, an important thing to remember about Rasputin is that the Russian people were scared of him because they didn't know who he was. Like, he called himself a holy man, even though he had... He had no formal affiliation with the Roth- Russian Orthodox Church, and he was very passionately religious, but he was also a huge drunk, and he was constantly having affairs with women. And then he declared himself the self-appointed representative of the Russian peasantry, but he was also like living with the imperial family like in this palace, and so they're like, okay, you're not really a peasant anymore. And so nobody knew what was true and what was false, what was myth, what was fact. Yeah, and like the extent of his grip on the imperial family. So it was really easy for rumors to be spread about him. And so after the Russian Revolution, which like spoiler alert, it's happening soon and I'll talk about it later, but um, his life was exaggerated and embellished by his enemies in order to propagandize his life and kind of make him into this like evil villain, like this evil sorcerer, you know? So a lot of oh. a lot of aspects of his life have been exaggerated a lot and that's like kind of the image that has stuck over time, you know, Cause like Okay,
0: the- but people did that, I guess people did that <clears throat> to um like get the local Russians to not like support him. Like what's the point of doing that?
1: Well, okay, yeah, his enemies were like oh, like, look at this guy who has this control over the imperial couple, and he's actually the one who decides what's, go- what's going on in Russia, like, not the people. And they're like, oh, the imperial family is so corrupt. So that's kind of... They're like, they were corrupted by this evil sorcerer guy. So I think that's what his enemies oh, were Oh, it's saying. like
0: propaganda for overthrowing...
1: <clears throat> excuse me, the monarchy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I'll, like, go more into detail, because that's, like, oh, it gets complicated, but... Yeah, but that's like his enemy's, that was his enemy's argument, kind of. Um, And so, yeah, like another reason why these rumors spread so quickly about Rasputin was because Nicholas II had actually given a lot more rights to the press, so they were free to print all these rumors about Rasputin. And it was not only in Russia, it was overseas as well, like a lot of people knew about him just because he was like this wild guy and like a lot of people wanted to read about him, you know? Um, there were even rumors that he was committing treason with a German enemy and he had started the cholera epidemic in St. Petersburg, but, like, this is obviously not true. Is it? Is yeah. it? We don't really know. Did um, he? Um, I mean, yeah, that could be another, like, conspiracy theory. <laughs> Did Rasputin start the cholera epidemic? But, yeah, it, like, to me, it's, like, it sounds like it's, like, tabloid magazines, you know? He's, like, the first like celebrity where they're like spreading all these like crazy rumors like oh my god what's he gonna do next and like who is Rasputin you know (laughs) yeah that's how I imagine it so uh Rasputin was a very controversial person and he was hated by a lot of people so elites hated him because of the influence he had over the imperial couple and how he ruined the reputation of the monarchy because it just made them look silly they're like oh they're weak they can let this crazy guy come and like take over you know
0: yeah and then puppets and stuff yeah and but then again did it really make them look worse because from the sound of it they didn't
1: look that good at least Nicholas (laughs) wasn't yeah too hot before Rasputin I think like the big problem with him was like at the time the Russian Orthodox Church is had a lot of power in Russia and, like, Russians are very religious. And so Rasputin, like, represented a lot of different sins. And so they're like, oh, this sinful man is in the monarchy. Like, he's destroying the purity of the monarchy, you know. Because, like, even if you don't agree with the imperial fan, like, couples, politics, and, like, Nicholas II's decisions, you know, Like, this was, like, different because they're like, oh, this sinful man is, like, corrupting the monarchy. Um, Yeah, so, and then, like, nobles hated him because they are used to having control over the couple, but then now Rasputin has, like, kind of, like, claimed his territory. So they're like, what the heck? Now the couple's not listening to us. They're listening to this random guy. And also, like, (laughs) this is, like, wild. In June 1914... A beggar woman stabbed Resputin in the stomach because he was quote unquote preying on the innocent. So like I don't even wanna know. It was probably he was probably being an awful person. Um so she literally goes up to him, stabs him. He's like so close to death at one point, he's, like, bleeding out. He's, like, about to die. But somehow, he still makes a full recovery. And he's, like, fine. Like, he survives it. What? And people are, like... He's, like, a character.
0: Literally. <laughs>
1: I'm, like, this guy does not sound real. And so people are, like, oh, my God, it's because he's magic, you know? Okay. And so mm-hmm. this kind of, like, feeds into all, like, the, the myths about him. Um, and so, well, um, yeah, how did he, <laughs> if he's bleeding out? I don't know, It's it just, weird. like, a medical miracle, I guess. like yeah, especially maybe if like the, the opposite
0: of hemophilia, and then, yeah. like, <laughs> he's his like blood clots too so fast.
1: <laughs> his blood clots so fast, he has all this extra blood, but, yeah, well, okay, <laughs> just wait until, like, listen to what I'm about to tell you, because, like, if you think that is wild, the story of his murder is literally insane, I, like, could not believe it when I was reading it. So basically, on December 30th, 1916, Felix Yusupov, which I I know I'm mispronouncing that last name, Um, he's the richest man in Russia, and he's also the husband of Nicholas II's only niece. So he's tied to the family, and so he invites Rasputin over to his house to have dinner with him and his friends. And Yusupov, he was very privileged, and he lived a pretty aimless life, like he was just some... Rich guy, you know, and he thought that getting rid of Rasputin would give Nicholas the Second a final chance to restore the reputation and prestige of the monarchy, and then the Czar would be open to advice of his extended family and nobles, like Yusupov again. So he's like, okay, we need to get rid of this guy, and he also just like wanted to reinvent himself as a patriot and a man of action because was like, I'm doing this. For the betterment of Russia. Like, I'm doing this for the Russian people. Because, like, people... He didn't... He, like, refused to fight in the wars. Like, he didn't serve. And people were like, okay, you're trash. (laughs) So, he's like, no, I'm actually, like, doing stuff. Um, Yeah,
0: but even, like, with Rasputin advising the monarchy, did the situation get better for
1: common people in Russia or no? Um, not... Like, to my knowledge, not really. Like, Rasputin kind of disappointed people who, like, his allies, he appointed them to, like, official positions. So he, like, he wasn't really there for the Russian people. He wasn't like, oh, I'm here to make the working class better. He was kind of just there to benefit him own, his own self. It's like, oh, I need to yeah. get my allies in place. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So either way, like, I don't think that's super patriotic. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to benefit from it, yeah. so... Well,
1: but here's the thing is, like, Yusupov is thinking from the perspective of a noble person. He's like, oh, I'm doing this for the nobles of Russia. Like, all... Okay, not He's, for the common people. All right, that's really a care. different
0: definition of patriotism Yeah, yeah. So, have, it's, so.
1: Yeah. it's more like classism. He's like, he does not care about the working yeah. class Russian people. Um, which, again, yeah. like, this is what Russia's like at the time. It's very divided, which we'll get into in a bit. But, okay, so... That res- sucks. Yeah. Well, also,
0: too... Sorry, going back, you said there were, like, seven different languages before they were forced to speak Russian, so, yeah, Yeah. it sounds like it's not this big
1: monolithic country where everyone is, like, united to start. Not at all, it's just, like, this huge empire, and, like, Russia is so big, like, each region is so different, like, there's different languages, different religions, different cultures, and so it's hard to unite the people as a whole, which is, like, that kind of explains, like, Russian politics and, like, Russian history. It's, like, how do we unite all these people? But, um, -hmm. yeah. What's the population (laughs) on Russia? It's not huge. Let me Google it. There are 144.5 million people in Russia, which is not... That's, like, a third of the U.S.'s population, and Russia is huge. But a lot of it is uninhabitable because it's so freaking cold so
0: (laughs) you can't live
1: there like forest and stuff yeah but yeah so it's like and everyone's very spread out too so it's also harder to unite people um and yeah so Rasputin goes to dinner at Yusupov's house and a few days later his battered body is found in the Neva river and so yeah yeah it's wild and so the details of his murder are a bit unclear so, in his 1928 memoir, memoir, Yusupov actually wrote about how he and his friends killed Rasputin, because, like, to him... Yeah, because to him, he was like, "This I did a good deed for the country, and, like, a lot of people ended up... All the other elites, like, praised him for it. They're like, you did a great thing, like, good job. Like, he didn't serve any time, you know? Oh like, my this gosh! Is like, <laughs> yeah. And so he said... Basically, what he said happened was that he served Rasputin a platter of cakes and several glasses of wine that had been poisoned with potassium cyanide. And to his surprise, Rasputin was unaffected by the poison. So him and his friends are like, "Oh, uh, okay, I guess we gotta go to plan B. So then they just start pulling out the revolvers, and they shoot Rasputin multiple times, and he, like, collapses to the ground. But then, when they're, like, dragging his body out, he, like, revives, and he tries to <gasps> escape... And they're like, what the heck? We still can't kill Dog. you. So then, like, this part is, like, kind of awful. They beat Rasputin viciously, and then they tie him up and throw him into the freezing cold river because it's, like, December, you know? And they said that he was still alive when he threw, when they threw him in the river. And then that he died by drowning. I would be like, this is a... It's a demon. Yeah. Kill it. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. So, people are like, oh my god, this guy was not human. Like, he is some, like, demon, right? Like, that's a yeah. reasonable response to that.
0: Ooh, <gasps> scary if he's <laughs> actually a demon. Oh my god, No, no, no! I well, okay, well,
1: listen to this, listen to this. Because a year okay. later, Rasputin's daughter who fun fact so she flees Russia after the revolution and then she becomes a circus lion tamer which is like what the heck what is this story (laughs) Um, she live your best life I didn't know he had a daughter yeah he had three children oh but he she writes her own book and she said a year later and she says that Yusupov his story is fake she said that her father hated sweets so he would never have eaten the food And she also pointed out that the autopsy showed that he died from gunshots to the head from a close range and not from like drowning in the river. And so she argued that Yusupov just wanted to turn the murder into a story about good versus evil to sell books and also improve his reputation. Like, oh, don't worry, guys, I got rid of this evil demon. Like, you can thank me, you know? (laughs) okay and she's like yeah i
0: was convinced i was like oh my gosh (laughs) dude me too because was a demon yeah the first time i read it i was
1: like what the heck like that's wild and then it's like oh okay that's probably fake um so yeah so Mm -hmm. people think that like he was just shot in the head and then they threw him into the river like his dead body yeah um my god I know so terrible it's like kind of gruesome well okay yeah well it's gonna get a little bit worse later when we get to like the Romanov family but it's not done I know I like I'm almost done though but um yeah we still gotta just like a tiny little bit but no rush it's
0: fine it's interesting
1: (laughs) so responses to his death were pretty mixed because the elites were happy and like I said earlier they were like praising the killers um, but actually, like, his death, Rasputin's death, didn't lead to radical changes in Nicholas and Alexandra's politics. Like, they were like, oh, Russia's gonna be better now, and like, that didn't really happen. And then peasants mourned him as one of their own, they saw his murder as yet another example of the nobles controlling the Tsar. Um, and to the Bolsheviks, which, recap, like, Bolsheviks are, like, Russian, it's the word for communists. So they're the communist group in Russia. And so they believe that Rasputin symbolized the corruption of the imperial court. And they said that his murder was seen as an attempt by the nobility to hold on to power at the continued expense of the proletariat. And the proletariat is another word for a working class. So they're like Rasputin was working class and the nobles killed him for their own benefits. Like we don't like the nobles like let's overthrow them. So that's so actually like after the revolution the provisional government leader his name was Alexander Kerensky. He actually said that without Rasputin there would have been no Lenin. So like Vladimir Lenin was the leader of the Bolsheviks in this Russia in this in this revolution. Um so I like I'm just going to do like a quick 1 minute overview of the Russian Revolution of 1917. So remember how we talked about earlier. Rasputin was like, if I die, you guys are all going down, like to the imperial family. Fifteen months later, um, his prophecy comes true. So basically, the Bolsheviks, which are let, they're led by Vladimir Lenin. They seize power and they overthrow the Duma and also the Romanov dynasty. And the dynasty had been ruling for over three hundred years. Um, and so they. Okay, of course. I'm yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. No, um,
0: what's a dynasty? If they're overthrowing multiple dynasties, isn't that just like time periods? Or it's like the
1: dynasty is like one royal family, like like the monarchy is like oh. the kingdom as a whole. But then the dynasty, there's like the why can't I think of any other like oh what it's are, like
0: related bloods to yeah my... like
1: the families like there's okay. like the British. Who are, like, what's the current British dynasty? I don't know what their last name is. The William? Yeah, but, like, what's their, no, I mean, this is his first, first name? Ooh, what are they, like, the Princess Cromwells? Princess Diana? Yeah. <laughs> Diana Meghan something Meghan Markle? Other. Yeah. But I don't know why I'm blanking on an every dynasty name. But basically it's, like, oh, like, this one family. Like, that's the name for their whole, like, family. So the Romanovs is, like, the one linear family that they've passed down the throne to for 300 years. So they've been ruling for like... Oh, like Chinese dynasty. Like there's like what? Like the Ming dynasty? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but see, that's... The dynasty I thought was like a time period. I didn't realize that it's like a bloodline. Well,
1: it's the bloodline, but it's been used to mark different time periods. Because normally, um, like when you switch okay. dynasties, when you switch families, that's because like you're switching like political views and goals. Oh, you know? okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So... How did I not know that? <laughs> How did I not know that? But yeah, so they the Bolsheviks overthrow the Romanov dynasty, and they later become the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. And so Nicholas II was dethroned, and his family was imprisoned. And they tried to gain asylum in France or Britain, because Alexandra was actually the granddaughter of Queen Victoria. Um, but they were refused. Um, Okay, I... I'm just gonna They were refused, but she's the granddaughter yeah. of Queen Victoria. Yeah, it's like very scandalous. It's like what the heck wow. they really just like turned their back on them. But they didn't no one thought that they would be killed. Um basically they were like the family was put into exile, they were like imprisoned, but at first, like they were just taken to another, like, huge house and they took like forty of their servants with them and they could take like most of their belongings, so they're like okay you're not in power but like you could still kind of live a comfortable life um this lasted for a little bit and then they kept getting moved from house to house eventually they ended up at the at this one house a house i don't know how to pronounce it um and this is where things like take a turn for the worse they show up to this house they can't bring any of their servants with there are no bed linens, it was very dusty, there weren't enough plates or silverware, and a wall had been built around the house, so they couldn't see, like, outside, you, you're you just, like, in this prison, and they were, like, hassled a lot by the soldiers, so they were like, okay, but even then, they didn't think they would actually be murdered. Um, okay, and...
0: honestly, though, that living situation, I'm pretty sure there are some peasants living that way, too. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, that's, like, yeah. That's true. Um, but, yeah, so I'm not gonna get into the details about their murder. I'm just because it's like, oh, please do. Why not? Okay, <laughs> it's like really gruesome. but ah uh, like oh, I will okay. just give an overview because like, if you'd like to learn more, you can look it up. But the details are like really painful to hear. But basically, on July 17th 1918 the Romanov family is awoken and they're told to prepare for another move and all of a sudden the soldiers just start shooting at them um and like they're in this tiny room and you can see photos of the room after it's like horrifying um they're like this is like back in the old days when guns are like really weird and they don't work all the time. And so they're like shooting at them but they're unsuccessful. Um like they don't kill them right away, you know? Like they maybe like the bullets will hit them but like they won't be fatal shots. Wait, let me just make sure my my facts are correct. So
0: Nicholas is Nicholas already murdered or no? No. So they're
1: like all seven of them are in the same room. Like they're all together. In this time right All right, room. so the
0: Bolsheviks are like, get out of here. And they get out, and they're fleeing to all these houses, right? Yeah. And then the Bolsheviks well, get yeah. them at this house. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry. Okay, yeah. So-, so now they're at this house, and they're like, now let's kill them.
1: Yeah. And it was very, why? like, out of the... Well, that's, like... I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Like, people are also, like, so confused. Like, why did they shoot them all of a sudden um like it really doesn't make a lot of sense like why they would kill them all um and like just like their death is really sad because like shooting doesn't work so then they start like beating and like stabbing the family members and it's really sad because like they don't want to kill the children at first like so they go after their parents but then they're like okay the children have to die so like the children like kind of witness no, they everything. Why? No, don't. What? Uh, no th- one had to die, no? But like literally like so this attack lasts 20 minutes. So can you imagine? <gasps> it's like it's not like just a quick kill. Like it's that's drawn terrible. Out, and it's they're like literally like
0: you have to watch your parents get killed yeah. and then they're going to kill you and you're a child. That's terrible. That's literally so sad. My friend told me that Russian history is depressing. That's horrible. I don't care what like what the royal family did. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's like not okay yeah. to do.
1: It's not Oh my god, it's not excusable at all. It's such a gruesome death and like they're like they're trying to cover up. They don't want anyone to know what happened. Like the like the people killed them. They're like no one can ever know what happened to the family. And so this is what's wild is like at first they only told the public that Nicholas II was killed. They didn't say that the rest of, they just said the rest of the family was still like in prison. And the death, the details of their deaths as well as the locations of their bodies weren't known by the public until the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991. So like this whole time period, like people didn't know what went down. They were like the family just went missing and like because of this, there's so many. There were so many rumors that some of the daughters escaped, um, especially Anastasia, which like there's a whole Disney movie about it. Like, jeez, Louise, um, and so a lot of people claim to be like the like the Romanov children, um, and like there's like one girl who like was like really famous for like she was like i'm anastasia like i am i had to hide in captivity but then dns dna tests later proved that these claims were false and like they tested the remains of the bodies and they're like no these are like all the Romanovs family oh my
0: god yeah wait how did they find out where the bodies were later though after the fall of the soviet union like because oh, I, guess... I mean when did when did the murders happen like the 40s 50s? no it was
1: 1918 yeah. So, forever ago. Yeah. So, how would
0: they even so they have a record
1: of it? And yeah, how did they think, find the
0: dead bodies for the
1: DNA test? Um. Well, I think, okay, if I remember correctly, I think, I guess, like, just people in the government, like, knew, and it was, like, top secret. I don't know. And, like, oh they just, like, didn't tell the public. So, I guess people in the government still knew. But then, like, when they were trying to find the remains of the bodies, they had put the bodies in, like, two separate graves to, like, split up the family, so then, like, it'd be harder to find the remains, and I think, like, they had found one grave, but it took a lot longer to find the second one, um, yeah, so it this is, so it is really. Bad. but now the remains have been collected, and they're, like, buried somewhere in Russia, and, like, a nice place, but it's, it's so depressing, so Russian history is depressing, is depressing, but, like, again, the Bolsheviks, so kind of just to wrap everything up, like the Bolsheviks saw the monarchy as a cancer that made it impossible for the working class to rise. Um, they were like, "We, there's no way for the peasants to have a better life if there's still a monarchy in place." Um, ironically, the death, the death of Nicholas II, overshadowed Lenin's victories in the Russian Revolution. And so it took up more space in the newspapers. Everyone was focused about the fact that Nicholas II had been killed. And it actually made many Russians yearn for the monarchy. So they're like, even if they didn't like him while he was alive, they felt bad that he had been, like, murdered. And so it kind of proved to be counterproductive. Um, and, but, like, obviously it had a huge... That was the last Russian emperor. There are no more... Uh, like emperors anymore um it's a completely different country now and so like it went from a monarchy to like the soviet union <laughs> so um yeah. it's just a wild change um,
0: <laughs> you said that they went for like multiple dynasties so did they murder the other dynasties no so like, like, other like bloodlines
1: no um i don't i don't know if they like killed other members of like, they're cousins or anything, but it's, like, they just ended the Romanov dynasty. So, the Romanov dynasty had been ruling for 300 years, like, so this family, like, they passed it down from son to son, so after 300 years, like, the whole dynasty was put to an end, because there's no more heir, you know, so there's no more Romanovs in the world, if that makes sense. Wow. No, but literally, it's such a, it's a depressing story, but... Like, it's just, if you think about, like, if you're a Russian, like, if you live in Russia at the time, can you imagine how wild this is? Because, like, the revolution, like, takes, like, about a year. There's, like, a big one in February and then a big riot in October. And then you go from, like, monarchy to Soviet Union. And then the Soviet Union collapses later. Like, I don't know, Russian history is just so... Wild! It's so crazy, like, how much the country has changed in, like, just, like, a hundred years, you know?
0: Yeah. To be fair, yeah, that's wild. The monarchy was just, like, 1918. Like, that's yeah. nothing. That's nothing. That- um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's literally, literally nothing. Go. It was, like like, yesterday, almost. <laughs> <laughs> but... Like, hardly 100 years ago. But, um, yeah, I feel like, though, like, the peasants, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. in Russia, like, you're more worried about just, like, how you're going to get your next meal. Yeah. So, it's hard to, like, register these changes.
1: Yeah, but then they're, like, you know, the Bolsheviks are, like, we're here for the working class people, whether you agree with, like, them or not, like, and whether you think it was successful or not that's like a whole different thing but it's just like a wild time in russian history um Mm. yeah and so that's the story of rasputin and the last russian emperor so sorry like took a depressing turn at the end i'm gonna try like i i'm gonna challenge myself i need to pick a topic where there is no like death or despair like I don't know why it's hard. <laughs>
0: History
1: yeah, is it's brutal. hard. I was looking
0: at next topics, and basically all the ones are like wars. Dang. Um, well, <laughs> thank you so much, Nat, yeah. for covering that. This is probably one of my favorite episodes we have done. Yay! It was funny and sad at the same time. We love a good emotional roller coaster. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks so, for listening. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs) this has been an episode of how did we not know that if you liked it don't forget to subscribe to us on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from you can also follow us on all social media including youtube at how did we not know that if you thought our podcast was low quality we know we thought so too help us improve the podcast by contributing to our patreon thank you for listening and see you guys next week